0: Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast.
1: All right, let's move on to running backs. Uh, I have Eckler at one. He's now number one in weighted opportunity among running backs this year. He's been peppered in the past game, especially lately, and he's yeah. been producing, you know, rough efficiency last week, but he's getting it done. You know, one can argue Keenan Allen will be back, so maybe take away some targets from Eckler. But, you know, I think You know, number one, like you can take a bit away from guys like Mike Williams. Josh Palmer had 12 targets last week, and Eckler still got his, right? So I think all that is going away for Josh Palmer. You know, Seattle's a great matchup as well for running backs. So I think Eckler has to be number one this week.
2: Yeah, I think he's earned it. You know, you talk about Saquon's been good. Like we have him at two, obviously. So he's been good. But Austin Eckler has been great and reminiscent of the Austin Eckler that we saw last season. These past three weeks. And I think you can keep riding that momentum because it seems like the Chargers offense is out of the funk. It seems like they're doing what they need to do and it's running through Austin Eckler right now. Um, that's maybe not good for Justin Herbert, you know, who we talked about earlier, but Austin Eckler's getting it done. I, I wouldn't bet against him against the Seattle defense. They haven't been very good at all. So I, I like Austin Eckler's one. You know, a lot of people might just be tempted to start with Saquon and Christian McCaffrey's one, too, you know, because it's they're both doing their thing, too. But I like Austin Eckler one this week.
1: Yeah, I and mean, I do like the matchup a lot better than Saquon or McCaffrey. Uh, yeah. But we have Saquon at two against Jacksonville. Uh, CMC at three. You know, tough matchup, but he's averaging like 20 fantasy points per game in tough matchups this year. <laughs> so, like, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, he's going to get his targets regardless. Yeah, I have Josh Jacobs at four, you know, and, and this might be kind of crazy. Um, I don't but think two- it is. You don't think it is. Okay, good. Okay, but two things, yeah. right? Like one is his weighted opportunity. Was higher than any other running back in the two weeks before his buy. Five receptions in three straight games on top of his workload on the ground, and he's going up against Houston, who's given up five yards a carry and the most fantasy points per game to running
2: backs. Yeah, I think this is this week. What'd you say before this week?
1: He's at number four this week. Yeah, no, I I said before.
2: (laughs) I think one hundred percent. I think he deserves to be this high. And you know, you look. It's Houston, and the, the role that he's had, we talked about this a little bit, was it yesterday or the day before, that Josh Jacobs, you know, this is a role he's never had before, but he's absolutely thriving in it right now. Um, you know, hopefully the bye week doesn't, you know, kill any momentum that he had or change any of the offensive game plan for the Raiders, but I think that he should come out and continue to do well. This is a really nice matchup for him. Uh, he looks really good, too. Like, we haven't seen him unleash the way they've unleashed him, and it seems like every time he gets the ball, he's – plowing someone over for like five or six yards of carry like he's just looked so good out of nowhere and i just keep talking about you know this is the guy they dropped his fifth year option i don't understand why maybe they're just trying to get as much as they can out of him now for cheap you know they don't they want any long-term liability for him so they're just going to run it out and milk as much value as they can out of him but um I, as long as they keep doing that he's going to be you know really good fantasy start at running back i didn't expect him to be at four in week seven but that's that's just how it's going right now <laughs> so
1: for sure, man. Uh Leonard Fournette's at five. The past two weeks have been amazing in terms of opportunity. Seven catches, oh, yeah. ten catches, six catches each of the last three weeks. And I expect that to continue continue this week.
2: Yeah, there's no reason not to. i was, like I said, the one constant through you know the ups and downs for the Buccaneers has been Leonard Fournette. And there's no reason to expect that not to continue. Um against the Panthers, you know. The Panthers defense, like you said, I guess it is a little underrated. They weren't bad and they kept Carolina in the game for most of the game last week against Los Angeles, but um, Leonard Fournette's an easy start for me. He's been one of my favorite running backs um, because of his usage, and there's no reason to think that he's not going to continue to get that.
1: I got Nick Chubb at six. Uh, He should bounce back this week against Baltimore. They've been giving up 4.6 yards per carry this year on the low, so not really worried about this matchup a ton. I think they'll be able to move the ball. Uh, I think Amari Cooper. Um, we'll have a plus matchup as well. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of man coverage played in this game, and I think that's when Amari Cooper, you know, is going to shine, uh, especially yeah. short to intermediate and all that. So, um, you know, they were able to kind of handle Jamar Chase for the most part because a lot of his routes are going deep, um, and they play those two high safeties. But I don't really think that's something you have to worry about for Amari Cooper. So I think this offense is going to be able to move, and I, I have a good feeling that Nick Chubb is going to find his way into the end zone this week,
2: yeah. and I don't think there's any reason to be worried about Nick Chubb. I think this might be a little bit low. I'm not sure. I might put who would you mm-hmm. put him over? It's tough now that I'm looking at. It. Yeah, and the only person maybe I would consider putting him over would be Leonard Fournette at this point. Yeah. But I I think Leonard Fournette's usage is good. Maybe okay. Maybe I jumped a gun on that one. It, six just seems low for Nick Chubb. It seems low. He's been. I know. The, well, it's because we
1: have we haven't had Josh Jacobs ahead of him at all. We right. haven't had Fournette a, a, ahead of him at all. Right. So like usually Nick Chubb is in the top five, you know, when he was killing it over the, over the first three weeks, we had him at like one. Yeah. Right. Cause he was just not, he was just
2: unstoppable. And Um, those first few weeks, Austin Eckler wasn't really doing his thing. So maybe that's why six just seems, uh, I think it's, it's not so much Nick Chubb, maybe as it is the other guys ahead of him just doing really well. Um, but also you look at, you know, he had a rough week last week against New England, um, don't expect him to just have twelve carries, <laughs> you know. Right. Each week, it's, he's going to have more carries than that every week. It was a just a terrible game for the Browns overall. They ran like zero plays. They kept turning the ball over, and it, it was just it was just bad. So don't pay any attention to that. Really, just wipe that from your memory. And move forward with the same job that you had before that matchup. Um, you're plenty fine. I think he has you know RB one overall potential, he, even though he's ranked at six.
1: Yeah. Uh Derek Henry's back this week from his bye. He's been getting it done for you, you know, four out of five games with 20 plus carries, four out of five games with at least one touchdown. And he's had at least 30 yards receiving in his last three games. So something worth noting there that he's a little bit more involved in the pass game, too.
2: Yeah, that's a new role. Who would have thought that he'd be having 30 yards receiving um three games in a row? I didn't think that was gonna happen, but um it looks like he's back to the usage that he got when we were calling him, you know, the overall RB1, maybe um behind. You know he was in the mix, um, behind Christian McCaffrey. But um, I I like Derrick Henry move forward. He hasn't shown me any reason not to. He has a pretty good schedule. It's pretty cushy against Indianapolis, Houston, and K- Kansas City coming up. Um, I I like him. You know he I think his ceiling is kind of a little bit lower than what we're used to, and that's okay. He's a solid running RB one for you. He's no longer I think you know a high end RB one. I think he's a solid RB one at this point.
1: Ramondre Stevenson got all the work in Damian Harris's absence last week. Uh, continue to start him as a solid RB one, assuming Harris is out again. Um, I would, if Harris is out again, I would assume that he still gets limited practices all week. Um, yeah, but just keep an eye on that a little bit. Um, Stevenson, you know, we talked about him yesterday in our uh, buy sell podcast. We recommended, you know, just see what you can get for him if you can get a season long asset. You know, I had Ramondre Stevenson in a couple leagues. I shot some trades out there. Just to see if I can get some high-end assets. We'll see what happens. I'll let you guys know tomorrow. Yeah. If anybody
0: accepted them. Um but but a reminder Stevenson's a solid start this week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Alvin Kamara, he's been getting
1: a really solid workload lately. Last two games, 23 for 103 on the ground, 6 for 91 through the air, and then 19 for 99 on the ground, and then 9 targets last week. (laughs) <laughs> he should yeah. be able to get some work tonight and produce.
2: Yeah, the usage seems to be back for Alvin Kamara. He's done his thing, you know, the past two weeks. Um, I just want to see how that continues. I I think it's going to continue, but, you know, I'd still pump the brakes a little bit on him. Um, I, I think the Saints offense is still dragging its feet a little bit with where it needs to be. Um, I think the touchdown upside's a little bit low, although this is a decent matchup against the Cardinals. Um, they've been having a hard time all season, and it it, it should be, hopefully – a better matchup than we had on Thursday night football. So maybe some more scoring, maybe more than two touchdowns across the past two weeks. You know, hopefully they can meet that quota a little bit, but I think Alvin Kamara is a good start anyway. Um, the, what way, the way he's been doing momentum is on his side. So there's no reason not to start. He has, um, he'll be able to get it done for you.
1: There are a lot of fantasy relevant players <laughs> in tonight's game. Oh a yeah. A ton.
2: Um, yeah. I missed the review. Of... <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Basically I said, let start everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, Joe Mixon at number 10 against Atlanta. Good overall matchup for Cincinnati. Uh, should be a lot of scoring in that game. Uh, Preciser has the Bengals scoring 30 points in this game. Uh, w- one of the highest scoring offenses this week. And they have Mixon uh, with a 52.9% chance of scoring a touchdown. A super, that's pretty super good. precise. Um, yeah. So that's a pretty good uh, percentage right there. Pretty, pretty good odds so to score better than, against Atlanta.
2: It's better than flipping a coin, right? Better than
1: flipping a coin. <laughs> Yeah, so he has, good, he has a good shot. I mean, you know, regression is going to hit Mixon as well cuz he only scored I think two touchdowns this year um with yeah. all that work that he's had. So, he, those touchdowns are coming. We got Kenneth Walker here at number 11 um against one of the worst rushing defenses in the league in the Chargers. Um Kenneth Walker is a guy that, you know, before this game, I want to buy him if I can. Um he yeah. could go off. You know, he's had a decent he had a decent week last week, but he showed that ability, that special ability. And if I can buy Kenneth Walker right now, I will try to do that. Uh, But meanwhile, start him as a low-end RB1. And look, I have him over Jonathan Taylor.
2: Yeah, no, I I think that's warranted. You know, the way Jonathan Taylor's been playing, you know, he's coming off the injury. He's been out a couple weeks. And the Colts offense just overall, you know, suddenly they found an identity in the passing game um, without Jonathan Taylor. So I'm not sure if that's going to necessarily you know, be the case with Jonathan Taylor back in the lineup. Maybe they'll go back to running the ball more. But I think Kenneth Walker's a safer start just because, you know, the workload I think is going to be there. You said the Seahawks are suddenly a fast offense and the matchup I like just a little bit more um for Kenneth Walker.
1: I'm with you. I do want to see a better you know, a good game put together by JT and then him looking healthy before I yeah. move him up. But you know, still have him as a low end RB two here. I'm sorry, low end RB one at twelve. Mm-hmm. Um Brees Hall at 13, ov- tougher overall matchup for the Jets this week. Uh, you know, Denver's offense has been looking terrible, but their defense has held the- held it together this year. Yeah. Um, they have been a little bit, you know, sneaky-leaky against the run this year. Yeah. So, you know, Brees Hall can get it done for you. Um, you still have him as a high RB2 here, borderline RB1. So continue to start him. We got Damian Pierce at uh, 14 uh, against Vegas. He was already getting the work. Right. We noticed that you know they're giving up, they're giving him the Derrick Henry treatment in yeah. terms of like they don't abandon the run when they get down. And that's great news for Pierce. And now Levy Smith, I think it was yesterday or the day before, mm-hmm. confirming exactly that that he wants him yeah. to get 20 carries a game, despite you know, them n- potentially not being in game. So that sounds about right. And that sounds kind of like what they've been doing.
2: That sounds like awesome news for Damian Pierce. You know, if the workload he's been getting isn't up to the standard that lovey smith wants then you know maybe we're in for even better of a surprise with damian pierce i mean you had him i, I want to you, you don't want to call it a surprise i know you had him pretty high and you said that if i think i can quote you on this you said that if anyone's going to earn that early down that three down roll first it's going to be damian pierce i think that you said that so you know yeah props to you on that one um you don't want to call it a surprise because you might have seen this coming but it looks like he is you know the best weapon on Houston's offense and they're just going to keep giving it to him they're not shame they're, they're shameless about it they're just going to give it to him you know there's no reason not to get the ball to him I, I like Damian Pierce you know I, I if you picked him up late in drafts like I did you, you're extremely happy um I hit on him as one of my zero RB targets so that, that was that's great to see but um, going back to Brees Hall just one thing you know also Eckler was able to get it done last week even though you know the Broncos defense was pretty good the weird thing about the Broncos defense is that the broncos overall it seems it doesn't matter who they play the broncos just bring them down to mid level you know regardless of who the opponent is and they get brought up to mid level wherever they're at they just get down to the broncos level and it's always a close game and it's always a heartbreak for the broncos at the end so maybe your jets are in for another win but i would i think brees hall is going to be fine even though denver is a tougher uh, matchup five and two baby five and two no right on the horizon I'm
1: with you. Like, but Eckler, you know, he got the work at the pass game, but we saw, only saw two targets each of the past two weeks. Um, and he hasn't been as vol- as involved in the pass game as he was with Joe Flacco. So, right. you know, that's one thing to consider. He did end up getting 100 receiving yards, you know, on only on only two targets in Zach Wilson's first uh, game back, uh, yeah. this year. Um, But, you know, something to keep an eye like, you know, Eckler got a shit ton of targets in the Mm pass game, and that's really what kept him afloat. But he was pretty inefficient last week in both the run and the pass game. I thought he was going to go over his rushing totals just because Denver has been a little bit vulnerable Mm -hmm. uh, in the run game. Um, So hopefully we see some of that with Brees Hall if you're starting him this week.
2: And Brees Hall has had his two best fantasy performances this season with Zach Wilson. So that's encouraging, you know, even though he's not getting that passing work. They've actually
1: kind of turned into a run-heavy offense. Right. Um, you know, but Joe Flacco, they were extremely pass-heavy. And then with, <laughs> yeah. when Zach Wilson came in, I guess it makes sense, they went extremely run-heavy. And over the past three weeks, Brees Hall's like around, right around 20 carries a game, which is awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah definitely.
1: DeAndre Swift <laughs> at 15, uh, he got a limited practice in on Wednesday. He'll likely start moving up the rankings, right? Like once we see he's getting his full workload, this will likely be hit the lowest he's ever ranked, as long as he's healthy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he got a limited practice in on Wednesday. You know, we'll see where he's at. And, you know, once I see that, okay, cool. Like he's back to his normal workload this week, then I'll probably move him up to like a solid RB2, R B one, low end RB1, something like that.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if his workload ends up looking like it did, you know, after that first injury where he still played before the shoulder injury, kind of compounded the issue and then held him out. Um, we saw a lot of DeAndre Swift, a lot of Jamal Williams and some Craig Reynolds all in the same game. You know, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's a role, what it looks like. The only thing that you have working against that is that dallas's defense if there's one problem with it is they've been pretty bad against the run i mean the seahawks not the seahawks the eagles gashed them last week you know that was the reason that they really stayed out of the game because the eagles were be able to run the ball so well against dallas's defense and we know that deandre swift has ripped off a bunch of big runs already you know this season so i think that you have different forces working against them i think that 15 is a spot where you're comfortable you know this is where you expect him to kind of finish, but if I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes a little higher or a little lower. But I think low-end RB1 is his ceiling this week.